Hi, my name is Marianne Walsh, and I attend Harvest for almost 40 years now, and I've been the coordinator for the Women's and Accessory Prayer Group, and also in virtue for over 25 years as a leader in this church and support leader. My goal is to ignite and elevate your desire to pray and share with you my personal testimonies of the power of prayer from my own life experiences, which I have named as my own Stones of Remembrance. A Stone of Remembrance is simply a stone to remember something God has done, miraculously and significantly in your life, and it's for the future generations to remember and to pass on that truth to them. For us, it is important to have certain go-to testimonies to share with others along with the gospel. Like Pastor Greg teaches, no one can refute your own personal experience and testimony because that's where the power is. I pray that this podcast ignites you and elevates your desire and your interests and give you confidence and boldness and to pray like women who have power and to leave a legacy for your families. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this privilege and opportunity you've given me to encourage women um, on the power of prayer and to just share my examples, Lord, of my stones of remembrance. I just commit it into your hands, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. There are three stones of remembrance I will be sharing with you today during this podcast. And the first biblical reference is found in Genesis 28:10 through 22, when Jacob set a pillar in Bethel to commemorate a vision of God that he experienced while sleeping there. He named that a place called Bethel, which means house of God. Then this place became so important for the Israelites that it increased their faith and hope in God for all of their futures. The second one is found in Joshua 4, 1 through 8. He also had a similar stone of remembrance experience when God commanded the Israelites to cross the Jordan, which the Lord had stopped its flow miraculously, just like with the Red Sea. Then Joshua was able to lead the 12 tribes across the Jordan River and were able to remove 12 stones from that river to build a memorial called Gilgal, which was the memorial of God's love and miraculous assistance. The Lord showed himself strong to the Israelites to be there to assist them along their difficult journey. He will also do that for us as well as we learn to call on him for prayer. The third stone of remembrance in scripture was Ebenezer from 1 Samuel 7, 7 through 12. It was when the Israelites were under severe attack from the Philistines. God leads them to victory. So Samuel erects a large stone and names it Ebenezer, meaning the stone of help. Samuel recognized the source of their victory, and he publicly declared it. It then stood for all to see and remember what God did for them and to share with future generations the goodness of God. I also Googled about our country because I was curious then, what do we have? And ours are called National Monuments. And we have 130 national monuments that are managed by the federal agencies in our country to reflect significant events to remember and pass on from generation to generation. And I want to now start with my first stone of remembrance from a personal testimony of mine back some 46 years ago. My interest and love for God and prayer was first manifested when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter. 
I was raised Catholic and a believer in Christ. I prayed often even, but I did not have a personal relationship with Christ. I was overdue three weeks, was sick with a bad cold, and my daughter was breech in position. And I was scheduled for a C-section, which really broke my heart because my hips, I was very disappointed. This was a lot for a young married 20-year-old to handle. So my husband's family were Christians And the night before my C-section, they prayed for me and they anointed me with oil. This was my first encounter of the power of prayer and manifested in my life personally. It made a lasting impact on my life of the power of prayer and the biblical use of anointing oil. For that next day, when my OBGYN at the hospital checked me out after the miraculous anointing, I was three centimeters dilated and my daughter's head was down and engaged. Because it was my first baby, the doctor and my husband went to go have dinner. But my labor progressed. I went from that three centimeters to 10 really quickly, and they almost missed the delivery. And my doctor came afterwards, and he said, and he was unsaved, by the way. He said, I don't believe you were so overdue, and you had gained 60 pounds. There was no room for that baby to turn around inside of you in your uterus. He said it was a miracle. He could not believe I didn't need the C-section. Aaron came into this world, declared a medical miracle. God, from that moment on, began to work a good work in me, and I know he will be faithful to complete it. That was the birth of my love and passion for the power of prayer and love anointing oil in prayer. And why do we use anointing oil when we pray? Anointing with oil is a physical act expressing spiritual truth. We belong to God and have committed ourselves to Him and to His care to be holy and set apart. Prayer expresses this point with words. Anointing with oil expresses that point with action. It was used first under the law of Moses by the prophets to anoint priests, kings, and the sick. In Exodus 40, 15, it it is also symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Other symbols of the Holy Spirit have been manifested in Scripture as a dove, fire, wind, and water. Even though as a young believer, my faith was in Christ, which alone was not enough, but God wanted to increase my faith and take me along to become a disciple, to actually become more Christ-like. To have that, I needed to have a firm foundation in His Son, Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it, and He desires to do that in all of you as well. Ladies, I hope this testimony encourages you to remember the times when God has maybe done something extraordinary in your life, your very own stone of remembrance. I'd love for you to mark it in your mind right now, be thinking of a time when God did something fantastic in your life. If you can't remember one, then now is the time to pray for the Lord to give you fresh eyes that could change the way you think about your prayer life and or corporate times of prayer with other believers and give you a desire to be increased. To pray is a call for all believers, and I believe the Lord is calling the women of this church in our country to a deeper prayer life. I know the Lord desires to deepen his fellowship with each one of you in your personal walks. So what the Lord first did in my life was having a firm foundation was in Christ, 1 John 4.14. 
and we have seen and do testify that the faith sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. So our foundation needs to be in Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is in Christ Jesus. I also had to learn that Christ is head over all things. God positioned Christ over the church to hear our prayers. Ephesians 1.22 says, And he put all things in subject under his feet and made him head over all things to the church. Colossians 1.17 also confirms that he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Romans 8.28, which we all know and love, says that we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called and according to his purpose. Isn't it comforting to know in this crazy upside down world that Jesus is in control? Even when our world is dark and it seems like Satan is in control, this very verse confirms that Jesus is in control and somehow what's happening around us will fit into God's overall plan and purpose to us. Amen? Also, I had to learn that God positions us with everything we need to pray effectively. And what I mean by that is God positions believers with gifts and talents and spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. James 1.17 tells us that every one of us has gifts from God. We all have different talents and God-given gifts, but they are all important and can be used for God's kingdom when we pray. Sometimes these gifts may be used and more than one without us even knowing or recognizing it when we're praying. Scripture has lists of many spiritual gifts given to us from the Holy Spirit to bestow upon us all as He wills. A complete list of the gifts and talents are in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 14, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4, and all others you can study and look up later if you wish. The definition of the power of prayer to me is just simple, and I had to learn a hard lesson to get there. We all know that prayer is simply talking to our Heavenly Father, Abba Father. He's our Daddy. We are to come to Him as children with childlike faith. It's simply having a conversation with the Lord knowing he can hear and answer our prayers, all because we believe what Jesus did for us on the cross was accomplished. Oswald Chambers says that you cannot truly intercede through prayer if you do not believe in the reality of redemption. So that leads us to have no fear as a Christian to approach the throne of God boldly and confidently. What we need to know about God in relationship to prayer and to try and to eliminate that fear is, one, that the Lord can do all things. There is nothing too impossible for him, Luke one thirty seven. Number two, the Lord invites his people to pray to him. Prayer to God should be made persistently, Luke 18.1, with thanksgiving and praise, Philippians 4.6, and also in faith, James 1.5, within the will of God, Matthew 6.10. Also, for the glory of God, John 14, 13 through 14, and from a heart that is right with God, James 5, 16. The Lord hears our prayers of his children. 
I cried out to the Lord for help, and from his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him. Psalms 18.6 4. The Lord answers our prayers. I call upon you, O Lord, for you will answer me. Psalm 17.6 So the Lord hears and he answers our prayers. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. Psalms 34.17 When we pray from faith, the power of God is right in God's word as a manual on how to pray. Which leads me to my second stone of remembrance, fulfilling that in James 5.16. It says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So, my next testimony happened over 35 years ago when I was joining the Women's and Accessory Prayer Group. I myself could not pray out loud, so I would remain silent during the whole thing, a whole two and a half hours. Eventually, I prayed, and I asked the Lord for my own way and style how to pray. Everyone in that group seemed already to have it together and prayed so eloquently. I was paralyzed with fear, and my mind would go blank. When I prayed for the Lord to help me and give me the ability to pray out loud, the Lord answered me with three words, not I love you, which I knew he did, but pray my word. Isn't that so simple? So that is what I started doing. I put my Bible out in front of me and kept open the whole time. And when I felt led, I prayed right from the Word of God. I was always flipping through my Bible as I was agreeing with someone else's prayer, of course. I kept focus on what was being prayed for. That's how I got over my fear of praying out loud. I was finally free to pray. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And the Lord took someone who couldn't pray out loud to now be the coordinator of the Women's and Accessory Prayer Group. And I give God all the glory. He is so amazing and has done a good work in me. And I know that he can do that same good work in you. What that did for me was it kept me from praying amiss and it kept me praying his will. For my prayers were right from scripture and it kept my mind from going blank. It reminded me of God's sovereignty and that he was always in control. Praying scripture also ensured me not only my prayers would be right on, but it increased my knowledge of the word and gave me practice in knowing the addresses of pertinent, usable verses to pray. It also increased my knowledge and memory of scripture, which I eventually then could pray from memory as the Holy Spirit would lead me. Praying scripture renewed my mind and always brought me thinking in line with the Lord's, away from this world's thinking and what was always being pushed down our throats from the world. It also allowed me to not be conformed to this world, but gradually he was transforming my mind by God's word. So seven things that I also want to share with you I kept in mind before I would pray. Number one, choose a quiet place to create a prayer closet. I usually do this during my devotional time. When I'm reading and when a verse jumps out to me from the Holy Spirit, I pray it through. Matthew 6, 6 says, Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. The second thing, number two, make sure you have a cleansed heart before the Lord and a clear understanding and conscience and understanding of the scriptures. If you don't have a pure heart before the Lord, he will not hear your prayers. Psalms 51.10, create in me a cleansed heart. 
in Second Chronicles 16.9, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose heart are fully committed to Him. And the third one, number three, pray for the Holy Spirit to be your guide and your teacher. John 14.26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Number four, a key to praying rightly is praying for things that are near and dear to God's heart and according to his will and purpose. 1 John 5.14 says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then the fifth thing, number five, always ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct your prayers. Always praying from faith and not allowing any unbelief or doubt in. Did you ever think of making the Holy Spirit your teacher daily? James 1.5.6 puts it this way, but let him ask in faith and not wavering. So number six, think about how you could pray a verse, personalizing it by putting in your name or someone else's name you are praying for. Psalms 33.8 says, he will instruct you in the way in which you should go. And the last one, number seven, keep a prayer journal of your prayers. And when God answers them, make sure you record it and thank him. Isaiah 58, 9, 11 says, when you pray, I will answer. Also, I want you to consider making a pictorial legacy journal from all the precious things and pictures you've taken at church or during a Bible study or during your koinonias or just being with fellowship with other believers. Make a pictorial legacy journal and record it so your children will be able to look back on it. So I also have just a couple ideas that I use when I do my devotion. I use a little book by T.C. Horton and Charles T. Herbert that has over 308 names of Christ, and it's just called The Names of Christ. I also use almost daily, utmost for his highest, streams in the desert, and morning and evening with Charles Spurgeon. God positions us to stand with the full armor of God on, and we need to recognize who our battle is with and who we're fighting against. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And ladies, every day I pray for the full armor of God in this way, from Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. And Dottie Stevenson, one of my old mentors, she used to tell us that she does it before she gets out of bed. But I confess I can't do it always before I get out of bed, but I pray it every day faithfully. And my prayer is this, Lord, I thank you for the helmet of my salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, and to shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and guard my comings and my goings all day long. Amen. And just a funny thing right there, I prayed that prayer for so long. My husband, when we pray now, he prays this prayer the same exact way I do. Prayer also is a mighty weapon at the disposal of all believers who love God and have put their trust in his son, Jesus Christ, personally. 
I have heard it said that prayer is like a guided missile that can be launched from anywhere on the face of the earth at any given target, and there is no defense against it. Think about that, just that God is working wherever you pray. To a God who is omnipresent, which means he can be everywhere at one time, unlike the enemy, Satan, who we know that great teaches cannot, Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can a man hide himself in a hiding places so I cannot see him? God is also omniscient, which means he is all-knowing. Psalms 139.1 says, O Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. And we also know that God is omnipotent. He also is all-powerful. No demonic-driven power can ever reach us at any given time without God's given permission. We have that promise in Revelations 12.10. And in 1 Chronicles 29.11, it says about God's power, Yours, O Lord, is the greatest and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and all that is in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Our hearts need to be yielded to a sovereign God who has us all in his righteous right hand, right? He's working all circumstances for our good. So ladies, the question I ask you is this, if God had the power to raise Jesus from the dead, does he have that same power to answer our tough prayers and change our lives, really? Why do we struggle with this? Could it be that we are struggling with unbelief or a lack of faith? or unforgiveness in our hearts, Jesus commands us that we are to forgive seven times 70. That's 490 times in one day. We need to let go and let God and allow forgiveness in and let that forgiveness to flow in our own hearts and allow God to do that miracle. If your answer is yes, then you have a foundation and a good faith in the Lord and to pray those big prayers already. And I just say, praise the Lord. But if your answer is no, you need to work on that foundation of faith in Christ. But the good news is the Holy Spirit wants and desires to help you build that foundation. And we have that promise in Matthew 7, 24 through 25. When we build on a firm foundation of Christ, we can withstand whatever comes our way. A foundation based on God produces steadfast faith and life. So our approach to the Lord needs to be humble, but confident. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of God with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help in the time of our need. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says that we're to do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Let us regard one another as more important than yourselves. And do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. That verse makes me think of a story I recently heard from a pastor about Abraham Lincoln's son, Todd, who was in the park right outside the White House, and he came across a very upset and worried soldier who had a very troubled home life and needed to be with his family, but he couldn't get the leave. So the young Todd told the soldier, I can help you, follow me. So he began to take him walking that led to the back entrance of the White House. 
Because he was known as the son of the president, he easily got through all of the security checkpoints. When they got to the president's Oval Office, he took him right in and presented the soldier to his dad, who was Abraham Lincoln. His dad said to his son, What can I do for you, Todd? Todd said, This soldier needs your help, Dad. The president listened and helped the troubled soldier and gave him the temporary leave that he needed to get off duty to help his family. We, as believers, have that same access as Todd did with his dad to our Heavenly Father as well. Amen? I also want to leave with you um, some scriptures that I frequently pray and have used that have done miraculous things in my life. And one is from the Jabez prayer in 1 Chronicles 4.10. And then also, if you are struggling and you have prodigals in your life, number two, from Acts 26.18. Also, if you have someone backslidden, from Acts 3.19 and 20. And the next one for husbands, which is the last one. And I have to add that this is kind of a struggle for me, and it is found in Isaiah 57, 18 through 19, because my husband and I in our marriage some almost 12 years ago, when my husband fell away, I prayed these verses and the promise that the Lord would restore comfort to me, who was the mourner, and he was going to create praise on my lips again. And it also says, peace, peace to him who is near and him who was far away, says the Lord, and I will heal him. And ladies, the Lord, after two years of struggle and almost a divorce, through this praying this verse faithfully, my husband is walking with the Lord, and he's a leader in our church right now, and he has his own men's group. God has restored our marriage. So praying scripture and praying the word of God, there is hope for all of us in it. We just have to stick with it. Also, for children, we can go to John 10, 27. Of course, the Our Father in Matthew 6, 9, 13. If you're being moved constantly, pray Acts 20, 24. Let none of these things move you. And of course, the Acts acronym, which is the model for prayer that we've studied in virtue, is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So in closing, my third stone of remembrance is, I would say that my third stone would be what demonstrates the goodness of God, was when I was reminded of the importance of leaving a legacy and what my children and grandchildren learned from me living my Christian life before them. And that is in Proverbs 13.22. It says, a good person leaves an inheritance for his children. The most important inheritance to leave our children is a lifetime example of how we live for the Lord. My daughter Kelly shared with me just the other day how I have always modeled being a woman of prayer through the life and trials that she's seen me go through in my lifetime, especially in my years of homeschooling her and her sister in teaching them from the Bible daily. One of my life verses in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is God's perfect will for you in Christ Jesus. I have lived this verse out before her as she is now homeschooling her own daughter. She said, when I pray, I hear you, mom, and some phrases you use, 
When I pray with my daughter Heather, I now hear my phrases in her that I use when I pray. That legacy of the power of prayer is being lived out generation to generation to the glory of God. My other daughter, Erin, who also homeschooled and has taught her children through a life of being an example of a praying mom with her children, her daughter, Sydney, just said to me the other day, Grandma, I hear you in my mom when she prays too, especially when she says, from the top of her head to the bottom of the soles of her feet. I hope this message of the power of prayer ignites your spirit to pray and intercede for others in your family and the importance of leaving a legacy and being a woman of prayer. Like it was said of Queen Esther, for such a time as this, I believe your time is now. Your families, our city, our nation needs our prayers. James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous woman can accomplish much. Because we all want to hear the Lord say to us someday, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. So being a Proverbs 31 woman or a Titus 2 woman and leaving that legacy, I hope and pray that you would want to do that for your family as well. I would like to leave you with a final quote from Oswald Chambers. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. If you are interested in being a part of a greater work that God is doing right within your own church harvest in Riverside, we meet every Wednesday at 9 o'clock in the chapel, and we would love to have you join us. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for anyone who hears this podcast that you would bless their ears to it, Lord. Hide your word in their heart and just urge them on by the power of your Holy Spirit to have that desire to pray and seek you with their whole heart, body, mind, and soul, and increase their prayer life. And so, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. Each and every woman, I just pray that you give her that boldness and confidence to use what she may have learned during this podcast to your glory. In Jesus' holy name, amen.